Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Welcome to episode eight, five steps to becoming a great parent. And I'm really excited to be talking about this topic. I've gotten a lot of requests about it. And hey, you know, look, we're all struggling with parenting and uh, trying to be the best parent that we could be. So uh, the challenges are there, certainly uh, whether you're dealing with a baby or toddler, teenager, or even a adult child, there are going to be power struggles and there's going to be this sense of frustration and sometimes a tendency to want to give up hope and say, forget it, I can't help this child and it'll never be okay. But listen up, I'm going to give you five steps to become a great parent. I really hope you'll take this advice and use the parts that are helpful to you. Let's start with the facts. About one out of seven U.S. children are struggling with some type of diagnosable mental, behavioral, or developmental issue. And this is a big cause of behavioral issues that we see in children and a big cause of stress for parents. In any situation in life, our children need us, they need our guidance, and there are many challenges, things that children go through. ADHD is a growing problem for many, many kids. The classroom is filled with challenges. Anxiety is a huge issue, and even depression, we're seeing it in younger and younger ages. And as kids get older, like age eight, they start getting exposed to drugs, and nine, and and, and 11, and 12, and 15, there's a tremendous amount of peer pressure, bullying issues. So we really need to be good parents for our kids, and they, they really, really need us. And that brings me to the first quote of today, which is from Frank A. Clark, and such a brilliant quote, and really the theme of what I'm going to be talking about today. A baby is born with a need to be loved and never outgrows it. And yes, one of my big approaches towards parenting is attachment theory by John Bowlby. Attachment theory says that from cradle to death, we need to be loved and we need to be appreciated and we need to feel that feeling of love. And when someone loves us and cares about us, we could perform in amazing ways. And we know this to be true. People's greatest inspirations have been their parents or their caretakers who really imbue them with skill, and with confidence that they can succeed in life. Okay, so let's talk about five steps to making you into a great parent. Number one, start now and start early. So one of my favorite books on parenting, or actually many books on parenting, come from Chaim Ginot. He was a brilliant Columbia University professor who studied parenting Him and his wife, Esther, actually had no children of their own. They weren't able to have children. But he was a parenting expert, and a lot of his works have been uh, made famous by two students of his, actually, who attended many of his lectures and parenting classes and turned it into a a very friendly, easy read. Um, Had a talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk by Adolf Faber and Elaine Maslisch. And those are number one bestsellers on Amazon for conflict resolution and how to deal with kids. And it's not just how to deal with young kids, although it's great to start when they're young. Um, it's really just how to deal with kids in general and just amazing stuff. So in, in Haim Ginat's actual book, Between Parent and Child, which he wrote, he starts off with a great, and I'm going to embellish a little bit, but a great parable. He says, imagine you're on a plane. You're really excited about going on this vacation. And the, the pilot announces, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to make a confession before taking off this plane said, I love aviation. I dream about 
flying. I always wanted to be a pilot my whole life. And I have a passion for flight. It's so amazing to me. But I must tell you, but I've never been trained as a pilot. And this is my first time behind the, in the cockpit seat. If you don't trust me or you're not comfortable, uh, you certainly have a right to leave the plane right now. But I just want to re reiterate to you how much I love flying. So would you stay on that plane? Of course, you'd have many questions about the airlines, how such a man ended up behind the seat. But either way, I don't think anyone in their same mind would stay on that plane. And yet, many of us think that if we have a love and a passion for parenting and a love and a passion for our child, that makes us good parents. But yet, being a good parent is more complicated than flying a 747. So do you have any skills and do you have any training? And this is such a powerful thought. You can't be a great parent unless you have training in how to be a great parent. Your passion and your love, by the way, that'll push you and propel you to get that training. But without that training, it's kind of worthless. So let's recognize that and start as early as you can and learn ways to be a great parent. Talk to great parents. Read things about parenting. And take notes. Read, Watch how people that you consider great parents work with their children and interact with their children of all ages and make notes so that you can do that yourself. That's the first step. Know that your passion alone and your love alone for your child is very powerful, but it will not carry you through without skill, without training. Number two, validation. And this is where it starts, and this takes years to cultivate, but it also could take a moment just to make that commitment. And what does that mean? Focus on your child's need, not just your embarrassment. You know, we always hear parents yelling at their kids in restaurants, you're embarrassing me. It's not about you. It's about your child. What does your child need? And if you can work on validating them and meeting them where they're at, instead of contradicting them, get over it, you'll be okay. But looking at them and saying, you're really scared right now, or you're really upset, or that really hurt you, you will see that their faces light up, they feel understood, they feel validated. And the most amazing part is, after you start validating them, they actually sometimes might even listen to you and want to hear your advice, which is just amazing. Okay, so we're working on being a great parent. Number three, be an example. And I mean that in two ways. Number one is, you know, we always say, uh, be, the, be the husband, be the man that you want your daughter to marry, and be the man that you want your son to be. Or we say, be the woman that you want your you know, daughter to be. It's so important. You can't say to them, do as I say, not as I do. You can't tell them not to copy you. That's how they learn. Flattery is the greatest form of compliment. They're watching you. So be that example. But even deeper than being the example, show them by example and let them be involved with the example. What I mean by that is Benjamin Franklin's famous quote, which I love. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I may remember. Involve me and I learn. Involve your children in things, whether it's community activities, giving back, doing things, being honest, admitting you're wrong. I think it's one of the greatest things. Something I take great pride in with my children is to be able to say to them, hey, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Teach them how to repair things. Show them. Involve them in the activity. What a powerful thing. And finally, my last thing is being an, being an example. Sometimes things don't turn out the way we want them to. Sometimes our kids don't do the exact things that we planned for them. Don't blame yourself. You tried your best and keep trying your best. But it's not all about you. Kids have to make their own choices as well. Number four, getting back into attachment theory with the validation, provide safety and security. And what do I mean by that? I mean that children are looking towards us for safety and security. I heard a great story from a very, very wise educator. He said there was a man who, uh, this is no offense to any nationality, he had a foreign tongue and he spoke French only. And he was traveling his first trip ever to America. 
And he was on, it was his first time on the, on a plane. He had no idea what the experience of a plane was. He had no idea what was going on. And all of a sudden there was a very, very turbulent patch and he was flying on American airlines and they didn't make any announcements in French. And so this man had no idea what was being said. And the pilot got on and said, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most turbulent sky I've ever seen in all my 40 years of flying. I'm really sorry to let you know that it's going to be a little bumpy. Don't worry. Everything's going to be safe, but it's going to be very bumpy for the next 10 minutes. Please fasten your seatbelts immediately. Well, this man all of a sudden is sitting there. His first experience doesn't know what was just said, just sees people frantically buckling his seatbelts. So he does too. And all of a sudden the plane is bouncing and, and getting thrown around in the wind and the turbulence. And he's freaking out in his mind. He's thinking to himself, this is it. I'm going to die. This is the first time I ever flew and my life is over because he doesn't understand what's going on. And this wise man said that when we fight in front of our children, when spouses don't get along, when they watch us in our dysfunctional times, in our hurtful times of relationships, we are like we are putting them in a situation where they don't understand that, hey, we'll talk about it later and maybe work it out. They don't understand exactly what's going on. They just don't feel that safety and security, and they feel that their life is in danger. Our children are looking towards us. Look, sometimes in life, we are single parents. Sometimes in life, we have many, many challenges, and we that doesn't mean you can't provide safety and security. We need to provide them with the safest environment that we possibly can. That's the point, and we need to be conscious about that because when a child grows up in a safe and secure environment, they are more productive and more successful. That doesn't mean that they're finished and have no hope if they don't grow up in that. We know from a lot of research that children have a lot of resiliency and they could learn how to not do the things that they were taught or how to not live a life, but according to the negativity of what they're seeing. However, it certainly gives them a slight disadvantage or more for them to grow up in an insecure environment. And we really want to provide that safety and security. And if we work hard, we can. Finally, for yourself, keep learning and working on yourself. Never think, oh, I know it all and there's nothing else for me to learn about parenting. I'm an amazing parent. Yeah, that's great if you are. Pat yourself on the back, and but always learn more and always be willing to change and put in new efforts into becoming a great parent. Some practical solutions for you. I'm going to recommend three books if you want to learn more. Um, the first one is Raising Emotionally Intelligent Children by John Gottman, an amazing book about parenting, very, very helpful. Next one is my Haim Ginat book, uh, Between Parent and Child. When I give parenting classes, I always do that one with with the parents, and it's a great place of discussion and really, really thought-provoking, and many people gain tremendously from it. And uh, if you like his style, then uh, you could try, or if you don't like the style, then, then try uh, the Faber and Maslich book, How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Amazing, amazing material. Very quick reads and uh, very interactive reads as well, most of them. So I think you'll enjoy that. One question for today is from Lindsay in Ohio. She writes, my teenagers fight all day. Brad, who is 14, is the worst. He's always complaining that his brother and sister got more treats, attention, and rewards than he does. And then he picks fights with them and ruins the atmosphere. What should I do? Well, Lindsay, it sounds pretty challenging there and sounds like a classic teenage situation. So I'm going to give you two pieces of advice for him. The first thing is focus on his needs. If he's complaining that he doesn't get things, he doesn't get enough attention, doesn't get enough rewards, then sit down with him privately and talk to him and, and, and say to him, everyone in this family, and this is from Maslich, by the way, and, and Faber's book, um, and everyone in this family, we try to give them exactly what they need. So let's go through the things you need. We're not going to compare you to the other children because they each get what they need. And for example, if you have an emergency and you need my full attention and we need to take you to the hospital, that's what you get. 
um, even though we're neglecting the other children, so to speak. So everyone gets what they need, and, and, and he's old enough to understand this. But let's talk about what you need, what type of attention would be helpful to you. Let's maybe make some idea that we go out to eat together, just you and I, once every two to four weeks. Let's agree on something. Let's talk about some reward programs that, that you've that have worked in the past and, and that you want to use now. And let's focus on your needs. But the deal is we're not talking about the other kids. We're talking about what you need. That's the first thing. The second thing is remember there are three Fs of parenting. And, and I love these. They're very, very helpful. Be firm, be fair, and be friendly. And they're pretty self-explanatory. But you know when you have to make a boundary with a kid, think it through. But once you express it, you need to follow it through. So be firm in, in, in what your expectations are. Um, be fair. You know, sometimes we make mistakes as parents, so try to be fair as, as possible. Try to involve the kids in the conversations. They understand what you're saying when, you know, when you're saying these uh, prohibitions, disallowing things. And be friendly. Uh, and I'm not saying whether you're their friend or you're not. That's, that's a personal decision. But be loving and be friendly towards them. This is not, uh, this is not a jail. We don't have to have uh, demands that the kids can't follow. And we don't have to say it in ways that aren't friendly. In closing, it makes a difference how you treat your kids. The more love and the more attachment, the more safety and security, the research shows us, the more success. Yes, there's a lot of resiliency and the kids will survive despite the mistakes that we make. Every kid does. But the more you could be there for them, the more amazing of an opportunity you have. And finally, show them what self-care is. Show them how you take care of yourself so they, they can learn to eat healthy and to rest and to sleep well. That's the best way that you could mind your mind and you could teach them to do the same. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com. 